Welcome to the second season of Fisher Link, presented by Fisher Inc., a podcast for the Fisher College of Business community to highlight stories in and around Ohio State that you may not have heard about. My name is Paige Palmer, and I'm joined by my co-host Brent Koffenbarger, and we're excited to bring our listeners another year's worth of notable stories and interesting guests. Today we're joined by Maureen Grady, Program Manager at the Office of Global Business at Fisher, as well as an Ohio State graduate for both undergrad and her MBA. Maureen has been working with the Office of Global Business for three years now and has helped to fuel the growth and development of Fisher's abroad programs, such as the Global Projects Program. Maureen, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. So Fisher now offers a variety of study abroad opportunities for students that may not have the time or the resources for a full semester abroad. So could you give us a quick overview of some of those programs, the summer programs, and what you think their greatest strengths are? Sure. So we have a range of programs going from one week to a full semester, as you mentioned. Um, the summer programs, we try to stick them either in May if they're shorter or for two months in the summer. Um, we have the Global Labs, which are short-term faculty-led. They're more cultural visits or business tours. Um, so you get to visit a bunch of different businesses and a bunch of different cultural sites. That's really good for first-time travelers or somebody who wants a really quick trip, then come back and maybe do an internship. Um, somebody who wants to see a bunch of different things. So we have the Global Projects, which uh, we have the corporate and the nonprofit version. These are two or four weeks. This is also good for somebody to do a quick trip, come back and do an internship. This is more you focus on one company or one organization, get an in-depth look at what it's like to be a consultant or to work on a team on a long-term project. Then uh, we have the global internships, which are eight-week summer internship programs, which we have nine locations around the world. The internship is tailored to you. So versus the projects where you have a scope given to you, the internship is very unique to you and what you're looking for. We also offer the Ohio Export Internship Program. That one is located here in Ohio, but you affect the global economy. So you help small to medium-sized companies export their goods globally. So if you really want to make an impact in Ohio, that's a great opportunity as well. Um, and then we have our typical student exchange, but that's more for the semester long. So we have two weeks all the way to eight weeks in the summer, range of options. Yeah, when I was earlier in my college career, I actually was pretty interested in one of like the one week uh, programs It didn't end up working out for a couple reasons. But I think it's really cool how there's like so much, so many different opportunities right. just because like that allows different people to go just because like an eight week isn't going to work for so many people. Right. But I think I do. I'm going to graduate without studying abroad. Kind of a regret, but Come very on. cool. So in particular, the Global Projects Program is a relatively new program. It was started within the past couple of years. What has it been like developing that program, and how, do you see, how have you seen it change since the start? Yeah, absolutely. So that was a program that started three years ago, one of my first summers here. We started with just a pilot group to Germany. Um, it was a faculty member brought us the idea of it, and so we started with a pilot group. The next year we ran it... Um, so that group turned into the corporate version of it. And then we had a donor who had donated a large sum of money that he wanted the students to go out in the world and impact communities that wouldn't otherwise have the availability to resources, such as going to college or getting a business degree, as we do. Um, so, so we started the nonprofit version. It's been really interesting seeing the 
reputation of ICRA. Um, now students know what it is and they it's it's more competitive. We get more applications than we have spots. I Every summer I'm trying to get so many projects so that I can give the students the opportunity, anyone the opportunity to go abroad. But of course, we have 7,000 undergrad students, so way more students than I can find projects for. But I think um, as it grows in reputation with companies, we get bigger name companies. And then also with students, it's made it a little easier to market because people actually know what it is. So uh, the first few years I was like, come on, do this project. It's really fun. Um, and like pulling teeth and it's gotten much better. So I think it's helpful with the, the companies as well. Which company did you do? Yeah, because I yeah I actually did a Google Projects program, yeah. uh, one of the corporate ones. I did mine with Auckland Transport in New Zealand. Yes. And I know that they're doing it again this year, I think. Yes, right? and they actually reached out to me um, just at the end of your project and was like, thank you so much. Your students were amazing. We're implementing exactly what they said to do. We're so excited. When can you send us more? And I was like next May, like in a year. Um, but so just them networking with other people and having that soundbite from a company really helps other companies because companies always go into this like, oh yeah, sure, we'll do this like goodwill thing with students, yeah. we'll give them this opportunity. And then they're shocked, shocked every year with what the students give them. And I'm like, see, you always underestimate my undergrads, but they got this. Yeah, no, I had a really fantastic time with the program. Like we Working with Hawkins Transport was amazing. Everybody there was so kind. And, like, I think they gave us a really good project. Kind of my favorite part was that it was a really good balance between, like, giving us real work. Like, we were actually working on a project. We presented something to their executive board at the end of it. But also, they were very aware, like, we were there to see the country. We right. were there to experience things. So they did a great job, like, taking us out. Um, you know, for dinner, we went to dinner at our boss's house. She invited us all over with her family. And, like, you know, if we wanted to take a weekend off to fly to Queenstown, they were like, yeah, absolutely, you should do that. Like, right. we'll plan for it. So I I thought it was a really, really great experience. So I would definitely recommend the um, Global Projects program. It's a, we always try to have good balance in every program of business aspect, because that's the difference between the Office of Global Business and the Office of International Affairs, who supports the whole university. They're more cultural language. Mm -hmm. We definitely try to tie in some business. So we want to balance that business aspect, but you are in that country. Like, you may never get to go to New Zealand again. Yeah. I hope you do, because <laughs> yeah, it's an do. awesome country. Um, but you, you, I mean, it takes so long to get there. So hmm. see the country, see the sites, ask the locals what to do. I'm sure you asked your coworkers yeah. things oh, yeah. to do. And so it's always a great opportunity. You should do one. Yeah. Kind of running out of time, but I still would love to. <laughs> um, so how do you actually go about choosing these different locations for the abroad programs? What do you think... Um, are the most important areas that business students and schools should really be focusing on as you know the economy changes globally? Yeah, so <clears throat> usually we don't get too much of a say. Um, most of our programs have been set for a while, so mm -hmm. the internship programs, they don't really change location-wise. For the projects, what makes it really interesting is the I let the companies and organizations choose. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to BMW. And I said, where do you want to go? You'd think Germany, right? Because they're a German company. Nope, they wanted to go to Sweden. They wanted our students to go to Sweden, essentially. They have, they're already in Sweden. Um, so it's very interesting, like year to year, they change. And the Global Projects is a great avenue to send students to locations that aren't as common. You know, you think New Zealand. We don't really have too many programs there. It's not, you know, it's not London. It's not the, the big name where everybody necessarily always wants to go. So it's great to get six students or 12 students to an area that 
maybe they never thought to travel before, but it does have a great experience. So we do try that with the smaller groups to get them around the world because there are some great places in the world that aren't the big names. And so it's harder to send. Um, to answer your other question, what I think students should focus on, this is something I always fight every year is I think students really need to be in the know. And so mm-hmm. I knew I had this bias all through undergrad too. I was like, I don't need to read the news. Like it doesn't affect me, but it really does. And so being in the know, knowing what's going on around the world, because that opens your eyes to how things run here. You realize how the government affects the economy and the economy affects the government and how things around the world affect our economy. And that could affect your job, right? So if our economy plummets, The students who are about to graduate, they might not have job opportunities, right? Because companies will start cutting uh, costs. They won't hire as many people. So that does affect you. So I think being in the know, but also having an open mind. Traveling and not thinking, wow, you guys do something different. That's so weird. But, hmm, that's interesting. Can you tell me why you do that? Why do you eat that type of food? Or why do you interview people that way? Or why do you greet people with a bow, you know, versus a handshake? Just being really open to it because I think being open to it will open opportunities to uh, students when they're in the business world. And something we're working on here is trying to get all of the faculty members to incorporate more global news, global examples Mm -hmm. in their um, classroom. I know obviously international business, the core class does it because it's international business, but business is very global. So trying to incorporate it in finance and accounting and you know, why are the tax laws this way in that country? And why do a lot of tech companies, you know, make a company in Ireland, you know, because <laughs> yeah. they have great tax laws. So talking about that in your accounting class, I think it'd be very interesting. So that's kind of how we're trying to help students, but also business schools. How do you too, because I know with um, the nonprofit program, mm-hmm. is it a little bit different figuring out the locations for that, considering like there are so many amazing causes throughout the world. There are so many different things you can be doing. And especially, you know, these are a lot of times in places that are like, definitely not like on the beaten path like you know kinda yeah like not not like the most glamorous yeah it's not yeah. london it's not you know in new japan zealand. it's not <laughs> new zealand so how do you go about choosing those ones because i feel like that could be just a very different yeah. experience for you absolutely so um what's actually really hard with that is we try to work with nonprofit organizations that don't just give people fish in a sense the saying like yeah don't just teach a, or don't just give a man a fish, teach a man to fish and he'll be able to feed himself forever. So the goal that the donor has is we want to give the resources of knowledge and um, business plans so that those people in communities, villages, towns, communities, I think I already said it, but um, can make a sustainable revenue for themselves so they can feed their families, they can send their kids to school and they can start trying to live a better life. So instead of just donating clothes or donating shoes or food. So there are a lot of causes that are amazing, but a lot of them are just donating goods, which is needed around the world, absolutely. But that's not what we're trying to do. And then also the other one is like teaching English. And Mm -hmm. so our business students aren't quite trained as teachers. So we don't also want to do that or anything medical. So it does eliminate a lot of them. Um, And then trying to find an organization global is actually the hardest part because Mm -hmm. usually a company has a branch here in the U.S. that I can easily communicate with and then just get in touch with the global one. But nonprofits, they're very small sometimes, most times. And so finding somebody 
and getting in touch with them and believing that I'm an actual person that yeah. wants to help um, is the hardest part. So usually it's, you know, just building that network. I know Fisher goes on about mm-hmm. networking, but that's been really helpful. Um, the Fisher name, Ohio State, big, big name, so that's also helpful. Um, but um, we got the project in Ghana through... Uh, one of the staff members who works in shared services at Fisher. So he used to work in the music industry. And so he knew playing for change, the company who has a foundation. And so we got in touch with the foundation. They said, we want you to go to Ghana. We're like, we can go to Ghana. And actually somebody in Yulio, undergraduate leadership and engagement, she's from Ghana. So she's going to be the resident director that goes with the students. So everything kind of ties in once you open up to ideas. So if you say like, "I'm, I'm all ears. And I say that to everybody especially students, if you have an idea, if you have a nonprofit organization, if you want us to go somewhere, if you want us to have a project somewhere, let me know. I want to send students there, right? Mm -hmm. If you have an idea of an on-campus event that I can do um, that will engage students to think about traveling abroad or thinking about what it's like to go to college somewhere else or, or kids my age, what are they doing in France, in Japan, like how do they go to school? Schooling is different. It's not universal. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you greet somebody in your company who while they may be visiting the U.S. headquarters, maybe they're from Japan. Are you going to shake their hand or are you going to bow? Are you going to try to show them that you know that they bow, so you're going to try to show them respect by bowing? So we're all ears. So how do we engage the students to think about global? So I think just being open on our end, too, um, is hopefully going to help mm-hmm. us help you guys. So. So switching gears a little bit, the applications for the abroad programs have came out, though I know you've changed your process and are doing a little more rolling admissions. Can you explain how this change works as well as kind of the specific application, what may stand out and make a great application? Sure. So I think we're talking a little bit more specifically about uh, global projects because that one switched from... Is that uh, the only one that changed? Yes. Yeah, I so, saw that most. Yeah, most of them are uh, rolling admissions anyways because mm-hmm. it's a good sense of marketing and kind of feeling out what is really of interest to students right now and things that aren't maybe working so well, what can we change? It gives us a good sense as we're going. Um, so global projects changed because... Let me tell you, I was sweating last year. I was mm-hmm. like, are there enough people interested? Like, I, how am I going to fill all these teams? And so with the rolling admissions, it helps me understand if some teams need a little bit more or like some locations need a little bit more marketing. So like New Zealand was super popular last year, not as popular right now. So I don't know if it's because it's a repeat location or um, what it is. So trying to get, now I know I need to kind of get the word out a little bit about more about New Zealand and, and get all that. Um, it also helps with if you, we want the students who really want to do the program and maybe have researched it over the summer or early fall, kept their eye on it, and then they knew the application opened and they jump on it versus some students who maybe are thinking about it, they're hedging and they're kind of seeing if another opportunity comes up first, which of course we want everyone to go abroad, so we want to accept everybody, but for a competitive program, because I only have so many spots, I really want the students who really want to do the program. And so with the rolling admissions with, I have like kind of checkpoints where we'll start interviewing the first rounds now. Um, it, it's helpful to kind of keep an eye on locations, interest, and competitiveness. So um, once a team is full, we'll close that and we'll let people know that it's not available anymore. But I don't, you know, I think there are going to be, we have so many more projects this year, so mm. hopefully there's still many spots to be filled. Awesome. So kind of just wrapping up, what do you think is a resource within the Office of Global Business that students don't use enough or maybe just don't know about? 
Sure. So I don't think they know that we actually have an office. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, students kind of think we're integrated maybe in the college, but that we're not like in a physical space, that they can come up to the second floor of Mason Hall and visit us. Um, you know, we have walk-in Wednesdays so they can talk to our student ambassadors about, hey, I want to go abroad, but I really don't know what program's best for me. Can you help me? Absolutely. We'd love to do that. Or just, again, if you have an idea of an on-campus event or a way that we can get more students engaged, we'd love to talk to you. Um, come visit us and tell us your ideas. But I think just knowing that we're actually here on campus and we're not salesmen. We're not going to push our programs down your throat. We want you to go abroad, but we'd love you to go on our programs, of course. But if these aren't a good fit for you, the Office of International Affairs has so many. Buckeye Serve has so many. Or just go on a vacation. How can we help you get a passport? Do you need help figuring out the process? Like advice on where to go. I mean, we've traveled so much to so many countries, so just asking us where should we go or should I take a job internationally? Like, we're happy to talk to you about anything. So we want you to go abroad. We'd love you to go on our programs, of course, but we understand it's not for everybody. Um, so just being open and, and having people come talk to us, I think, is a big resource that people don't utilize as much. Awesome. So that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for coming on the show. I think this will be really helpful to a lot of students that are considering going abroad or maybe not sure yet and might push them in the right direction. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And that's it for this week's episode of Fisher Link. Fisher Link is presented by Fisher Inc., the student-run magazine for the Fisher College of Business. I'm Bryn Koffenberger. And I'm Paige Palmer. This episode was edited by our sound designer, Connor Bueller. The president of Fisher Inc. is Akane O'Hara. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. You can find Fisher Link on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on FisherInc.com, where you can also stay up to date on Fisher Inc. news stories. Thanks to our guests for today, and we'll see you next time.